0: Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. 2023, right? We're welcome to 2023, brand new year on our modern culture. But if you'll remember back in September, I talked about how uh, the original calendar for creation is actually the Hebrew calendar. And in that year, it's not 2023. That calendar goes all the way back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And it's actually the year 5,783. There have been exactly 5,783 years since Adam and Eve. Can you believe that? We think of this as being like a million years ago, but you can literally in the Bible, it traces back the genealogy of Jesus all the way by generation, all the way back to Adam and Eve, and we can trace the genealogies forward. It's an amazing thing to realize that human life as we know it, uh, biblically speaking and by the actual numbers, is only 5,783 years old. You know, the Bible says that six is the number of man and 6,000 years is the number of mankind so it's interesting to think about that. We are at 5783. There's only a couple hundred years left in the age of mankind. So Jesus is coming back sometime. Is he rounding up? We don't know. I'd love him to come back like right now, right? Maybe before April 15th, before tax day. Maybe that'd be cool. Whatever. Uh, However that works out. But I want to do something because I want you to see this this picture, uh, a word picture with this number 5783, because in the Hebrew language, every number is a letter, and every letter is actually a word, and some words are actually sentences, and what you're actually going to see up here is a, is an expression of who God is and what he's saying over this year. So this first, and just so you know, um, if I was going to put uh, in, in our American way, we would write, I would start the first number over here, but, but Hebrew is a backwards language. So it actually goes, instead of from, from left to right, it goes from right to left. So the five is on this side, okay? So you are, the five is the, the letter hey. So what, you, what you're gonna do is you're just gonna come move over this one. you're gonna put your arm out like this. Yep, this, because it's a pictographic language. You so just kind of put your arm out like that. And, and it represents, the hey represents an open door. It actually has a little apostrophe down here, but he can't do the apostrophe. He doesn't have enough weird limbs or whatever. You are the Zion, so your hands are going to be out like this. The Zion is the seven. So so first of all, five, we all know, most of us know five is the number for grace, okay? This is an opportunity, an open door. Seven is the number of perfection. The Zion is the pictograph of a sword with the hilt uh, and then the handles and then the point, the tip of the sword pointing down. It represents God's authority his divine authority from heaven down to the earth. That's what the zayin. and seven is a number of perfection. Now, Blakely over here, you are the Chet, which sounds like, frat boy name. So congratulations. All right. You're going to do this with your elbows like this because the Chet is the, is actually higher. Come on. This is my daughter. So I got to pick on her a little bit. Um, The Chet is a fence. Okay. Like an act, like a picket fence. It's, 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 it symbolizes perfection, but Chet is the number eight and Chet actually eight represents a brand new beginning. Most uh, people uh, understand and recognize that. So this is a protected brand new beginning. And three, this is the interesting, you're, to look like a disco guy. You're going to actually go like this, like you're running. Okay, so you're dancing. Imagine you're dancing. This is the gamel. Now, gamel is the third letter in the alphabet. Gamel kind of sounds like camel. It's actually a pictograph of a camel. So it's leaning over. It looks like either a, a camel with his long neck or also like a man running. It represents endurance. It represents uh, generosity. It represents the ability to uh, withstand and to serve and to give at his at extreme levels. So what you're looking at here is you're looking at an opportunity five, God's grace, an opportunity for divine authority from heaven to earth for a protected new beginning in the midst of all the craziness that we have going on in our world right now. This, I don't know if you've realized, but kind of this decade has been a little bit psycho Right? But God is doing a new thing in this decade and it's a protected new beginning. And specifically we have the picture of supernatural endurance and service and generosity. And what's wild about the gamel is in the in the actual come forward here real quick. Let's make that same pose right here. Come on, you know you like striking a pose. All right, strike that pose. Come on, you got it, Tristan. So he's making, so this is the Gamel, okay? It looks like he's running. He has endurance. He wants to serve. He wants to give. He's the third letter. He actually is right three next to four. The fourth letter in the alphabet is called the dilet. And the dilet is represented by a person bending down almost like in worship. It represents humility. And so what the picture in the Hebrew language of the Gamel is that the Gamel is the wealthy person running toward the poor or the humble person to meet their need. That's the picture inside of the Hebrew language. So you can take your place right back over there. You guys did great. Now you shouldn't just break dance. Can you break dance? No? No break dancing. Okay, you guys, thank you. You can jump off the stage. But I want you to be able to see that in your own mind's eye and recognize that God, that that it's not just another year that ticks over, okay? Uh, This year, 5783 actually started... On September 25th, that is uh, the beginning of Rosh Hashanah on the Jewish calendar. It's the head of the year. It's their Jewish New Year. That's when that year actually ticked over, and we've been in it for a little while. But I want you just to expand your faith and recognize in the midst of a crazy economy, in the midst of all kinds of political unrest, in the midst of everything that has been going on this decade, God has declared an open door, an opportunity for His divine authority from heaven to earth for you to be in a protected new beginning where you can be extremely generous and run toward the need, and you're not living in fear based on what you can get and how you need to hoard to yourself and prepare for disaster. You're living on purpose and on a mission because you have been blessed by God to be a blessing, and you're running toward the need. You're running toward the opportunity because you have a purpose in your life, and God picked you. He handpicked you to be a part of this year and what He's doing in the earth, what He's doing through Oaks Church. So it's time to celebrate, not be in fear, not worry, but be declaring in faith that God has an opportunity for his divine authority for a protected new beginning, and we're going to be radically generous and radically serving with ourselves and get everything that we possibly can to move the kingdom of God forward in every way, shape and form. That's what we're called to be. Amen? Amen, amen. Well, I wanna take uh, just a second and I'm gonna introduce uh, with a quick video a ministry that we're a part of here called Hope Women's Center right here in McKinney, Texas. It's one of my all-time favorite ministries. I've actually uh, been partnering with this ministry for 10 years now. And I wanna introduce them to you, but we're gonna set the stage. And while we set the stage, check this video out. Now are going to come to the stage and uh, join me. I want to introduce them to you and we're going to uh, just have a conversation today. Uh, this is a ministry that is super, super close to my heart. Um, I am unapologetically pro-life, and the reason I am is because I love Jesus. And Jesus is the author of life. Uh, And the Bible is very clear that life comes from God. And so that's my position as a pastor. And I know that it can be uh, sometimes in some audiences, it can be controversial, but I'm not called to agree with everyone. I'm called to speak the truth and I'm called to declare the Bible and his word. And so I I know this can be a sensitive subject and there may be some people that are a little nervous right now about what might come out. uh, But what I can tell you is that this ministry that I have uh, partnered with uh, for the last decade is a ministry that I have watched be unbelievably loving and kind and generous and no shame, no guilt, no, no animosity whatsoever. The most gentle, unbelievable um, ministry I've seen helping people that are in a position of crisis and are trying to figure out what to do with their life, not telling them what to do, not trying to twist or condemn or anything like that, but just giving them the actual real options. And so I just wanna take a second and let you get to meet Erin and Holly, uh, great people. Tell us a little bit about Hope Women's Center and what you guys do. So
1: Hope Women's Center is 16 years old and we've been serving this community. We've served over 11,000 young women here in this community since inception for us. And yes, so we praise the Lord for that for sure. So we are a pregnancy medical clinic, but the Lord is really challenging us lately and we're getting ready to expand into really more uh, women's health um, that's related to pregnancy services. So the Lord is doing so much. So here are some of the things that we do provide. Pregnancy testing, ultrasound, STD, STI testing and treatment. We have different various uh, educational classes, discipleship classes. Um, In fact, we have engaged parenting that my good friend, Julie, she actually leads who goes to your church. So, hey, uh, that should be exciting to you all to know that your church is filled with a lot of volunteers that make our ministry run. And so then we also have um, group classes for those who have experienced abortion for both women and men. They're separate classes, but for people who've experienced that and they're still struggling from that decision from sometimes many, many years ago. And then we also have um, a training center where we where we do a lot of different types of training. We have a baby boutique adoption services, Christian adoption services on site as will as a Christian counseling center on site with nine or ten uh, counselors who are ready to meet the needs of our patients. And side note, everything that we do is free to our patients. It's amazing.
2: Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. You clap. <laughs> I just want to say as we begin this conversation, like you said, it's sensitive that um, if abortion is, a, is a, a part of your past, um, just to know that God hasn't brought you to church today to shame you. It's not who our God is. One of the beautiful things about our God is he doesn't take our past and rub our face in it, but he takes our past and he redeems it for his glory. And so we're going to talk more about that at the end. But just at the very beginning, I just want to we just sang it where where sin flows, your grace is more where sin flows, grace overflows. And so as we have this conversation, um, we just want you to feel the healing, the victory, the forgiveness that's available in Christ.
0: Yeah. You know, I. I don't know, many, there's lots of different months that are dedicated to different things inside of our American culture. January is actually National Sanctity of Life Month, which is why we've chosen to do this and kick this off as part of our vision. If some of you will remember last year, I um, we presented an opportunity because this is something that's really close to our heart, and we have a number of people in our, in our church that this is really close to their hearts, and I asked um, Aaron to give me a number of what it costs to save a baby from abortion, and they went and did the math and found out that it costs about $1,200 to save a baby from abortion. So if some of you remember, we had, I believe, 10 babies uh, saved that day right here in Oaks Church, Uh, and this is an organization that we support very strongly, um, and we can tell you more about that as we go. But we've kind of been in the middle of a little bit of a... A crazy season, right? This year, um, Roe versus Wade was reversed, um, and that shifted some things in Texas.
2: It was a, I mean, tell us about that. How did that change the game for y'all? Yeah, in, in some ways, it changed nothing. In some ways, it changed absolutely everything. Um, a lot of people have the misconception, though, that abortion is gone in our state, um, because most people know that whenever Roe was turned uh, overturned, it set in motion our trigger law. And what that did, and we praise God for Roe being overturned. What an amazing just faithfulness of our God, hearing those prayers for 50 years. Uh, But what Roe did was it removed surgical abortions from the state of Texas. But what most people don't know is that prior, so June 24th is when Roe was overturned. Prior to June 24th, 70% of abortions in our state were chemical abortions, meaning they take the abortion pills. That's not the morning after pill, that's not plan B. That is when a girl knows that she's pregnant and she wants to terminate that pregnancy uh, with these pills. And so prior to uh, Roe being overturned it was it was required in all 50 states that to get your hands on the abortion pills you had to have a full medical exam, you had to have an ultrasound, Um, And then you could get those pills. And it's because you're only eligible for a chemical abortion if you're up to 10 weeks. And so that's why you must have that exam. You must have an ultrasound. And so whenever Roe was overturned, this administration was so upset by that that they put so much pressure on the FDA to loosen the grip of the abortion pills to now all of that is off the table. No more exams, ultrasounds, but abortion pills are now shipped directly to people's homes. And so now you have girls getting these pills who they don't know how far far along they are. Again, you're only eligible up to 10 weeks to take these abortion pills. So imagine having a 15, 16-year-old girl at home who's taking a pregnancy test. She thinks she's six weeks, eight weeks. She might really be 15 weeks. She puts these pills in her mouth. Every week past 10 weeks that you take those pills, the greater the chance of hemorrhaging, of infection, of the full fetal tissue not fully expelling from your body, If it's an ectopic pregnancy where that child is outside of the uterus and you put those pills in your mouth, you die. And so it's having devastating consequences. Girls are dying. We are seeing unbelievable complications from this. Nobody prepares these girls for the reality that when you put these pills in your mouth, you're going to expel your child. And so um, we're literally seeing in clinics, we're seeing girls come in with their babies that they've expelled in their toilet at home, in a shoebox and saying, what do I do with this? They're not prepared for that trauma. And so it's, it's such a new day. Um, the, the amount of abortions that are happening with these chemical abortion pills, is, is, it's, it's an epidemic crisis right now. And if you're watching the news, this past week, the FDA loosened the grip even further on the abortion pills, now making them available in pharmacies. And so uh, our country is very aggressive when it comes to abortion and continues to just making this evil more and more prevalent. Uh,
0: What would you say, there are a lot of different things. Obviously, this is a hot topic. Um, It's seen as something that's political. Um, The church is told to shut up. And stay out of it because it 's church and state, and this is political, so church should just be silent, um, specifically, men are told this is a women 's issue, so men should just sit down and shut up and not say anything um, as a man um, and and as a Christian how
2: what do we do with that yeah. I, I think the enemy has been all over that by by getting Christians to to buy into it's settled law it's abortion's bad, I wouldn't have one, but it 's settled law. And so, um, therefore, just silently accepting a culture of death. And now, meanwhile, we have, you know, January 22nd is the 50th anniversary of Roe. And so, uh, they say 70-plus million Americans have died at the hands of abortion. And so, uh, while it has become a political issue, it's very much a spiritual issue. It's near the heart of our God. Our God's the giver of life. We have an enemy who hates life. He's come to steal life, kill life, destroy life. Um, Scripture is abundantly clear. We are to defend the defenseless, protect the powerless, be a voice for the voiceless, rescue those who are being taken away to death. There is none more vulnerable than the preborn child. They have no rights, no voice, no ability to defend themselves. So that's why we as Christians, we must be that for them. We must be their voice. We must speak up. And Jesus was asked in the Gospels, um, what's the most important thing in all of Scripture? And he said, love God with everything you've got, your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and Love your neighbor as yourself. And so when it comes to the preborn child, we have to always answer the question, what is it? Because if the preborn child is just a a clump of cells, then no justification is is needed, right? It's like removing a bad tooth from your mouth. Do as much as you want. But if the preborn child is a human being, no justification is possible. If the preborn child is a human being, then biblically speaking, they're our neighbor. And we have one category of neighbor that's allowed to be brutally intentionally and innocently killed in our country. And that's why the body of Christ, we must speak up. We are mandated to do so.
1: And if I can just add, we need to speak up in love. We speak up with compassion because when we speak up, I and I see all the social media posts and people screaming loud their opinions on abortion, but I'm telling you that's isolating those who've had the abortion. And we want to show them the love of Jesus. And so we need to be careful. Yes, we speak truth. We must speak truth and we must speak up, but please do it in love and compassion and grace.
2: Yeah, at all times, conviction wrapped in con- compassion. So as we as believers, we, we have to know what we believe. And so we hold tight to our conviction. But at all times, it's wrapped in compassion. Yeah. Conviction, compaction. Conviction, compassion. Compassion, Very good.
0: Now, I've been to their clinic a number of times, and I would encourage any of you that would like a tour, they can set that up. And I want to share just a little bit of the miracle of what God has done and how he's put his stamp of approval on this ministry. But one of the things that's so special is from the time you walk in the front door, the atmosphere that they create, I'm going to have them kind of walk you through, but the atmosphere that they create, um, when, when the majority of the people that are coming in are coming in with their mindset on, I'm going, I'm most likely getting an abortion. And from the time they walk in, the atmosphere is an atmosphere of love, of acceptance, of compassion, of mercy, of comfort. There's zero guilt. There's zero shame. They, they just, they present the options. These are your options. And they help them see that the op- the only option is not Abortion And and a lot of other types of clinics, that's the only option that they place out there. So they present all these other options. Can you just walk us through that experience?
1: So when a girl walks through our doors, she's greeted warmly. And in our lobby, there's even um, just, and this is just a way we kind of begin to trickle uh, information to them. But there's these books of different adoptive families ready to go uh, for them to see the faces of those who would be eager uh, to adopt their child if if they were... um, considering abortion to give them another option. So before we even speak something, they're seeing something. And so we bring them back. They're greeted by a nurse. We do a basic health check. But then we bring them to a counseling room where they sit down with one of our patient advocates who begins to hear her or his story. What What's brought them there? What are their circumstances? Sometimes they, there are crazy circumstances like we are seeing rape cases increase dramatically right now here in our community but there's also just the regular old um, either I had an affair or I slept with a guy those types of things there's all the regular stories but then but every story is unique so to be able to sit down and hear her story and compassionately listen but then to begin to present truth in love And then we bring them into an ultrasound room where they begin to see that baby for the first time. And we often refer to the exam room or the ultrasound room as really holy ground. This is where the Holy Spirit really begins to move where they see their child for the first time many times they are surprised how far along they are and so they'll see that child moving sucking its thumb dancing in the womb we see it all it's just really awesome but they also see and hear that heartbeat and then they also then will continue to hear education from our nursing staff about what the abortion procedure really does look like because we know a lot of these women are thinking about going out of state or ordering ab- abortion pills if they haven't already. But then their patient advocate circles back around and begins to talk about a God that loves them, a God that has a plan for their life as well as a child that they carry. And we don't do this with judgment. We don't do this heavy-handed. We do it delicately. And we just, again, just want to point them to the author of life. And we let the Holy Spirit do the rest.
2: Yeah, and we walk them through, we have a baby store and uh, where we got Stranded with you once. Yeah, and when the, yeah, when the
0: tornadoes hit a couple weeks ago, I, uh, I was on a tour, and so I had to go hide in the baby store room. And, uh, but luckily, my golden retriever is in the car; he got to come in too. So now the place is extra
2: blessed. So. Yeah, yeah. So. We thought if we're going to get hit by
1: anything, it might as well be diapers. That's yeah.
2: right. <laughs> but but the baby store is is completely stocked with everything they would need: diapers, wipes, maternity clothes, car seats, cribs, um, everything they're going to need for the journey. Formula. And we bring them through in that first appointment to just say, look, all of this is available to you. It's free. We're gonna walk this journey with you. You're not alone. And uh, it's amazing how God uses that.
0: So when I first started working with the Snells, um, and I've been so impressed, and I'm, I'm, I'm especially impressed uh, with a husband and a wife um, team that um, that he left his career to partner with her because of how uh, how important this cause is. And what most people don't know is how how much men are needed in this cause because it's not just a young girl. Oftentimes it's a young man. And what nobody tells them, so this is, this is the severity. The Bible, God is very clear. He's the author of life. He, he, he's the creator of life. All life and all death happen on his watch. That's what the Bible says. And that's hard for us to understand at times uh, because sometimes life comes in unexpected ways and sometimes death comes in unexpected ways. But one of the things that God declares is, is that he puts before us a choice. Life or death, blessing or curses. And then he gives us the cheat code to the test, <laughs> choose life. And what most people don't understand is that when they choose life, they choose blessing. They don't realize it, but when they choose life, they choose blessing and blessing is released in their life. What they don't realize when they choose death is they chose a curse. And what what this organization does for post-abortion healing and recovery is exponentially incredible because people have no idea the curse that follows them and story after story of people that are decades past an abortion and are living in a curse and have no idea how to get out of that place and that's one of the most, can you talk to us a little bit about, about
2: the, re, the, the restoration process? Yeah, we have, we've offered post-abortion support and classes for women for many years and we've seen incredible health and uh, just freedom and victory come out of that but this past year we offered for the first time post-abortion for men. Um, again, Planned Parenthood says that one out of four in our country have had an abortion, one out of four. And that's what states like California, New York, and Virginia have never reported abortion numbers, which means it's probably more like one in three, women and men. And so we realized that there's a lot of people in our communities and our churches who are hurting, and so we offered up post-abortion support for men. And so we just finished our first class and it was, it was the most uh, incredible thing I personally have ever been through sitting with these group of guys. I had a group of guys and the most recent abortion in the room was 25 years ago. These were all men between 55 and 65 years old. These are successful businessmen. These are Christian men who they all had the same story. They'd gotten their college girlfriend pregnant, took her to an abortion clinic, paid for it. It changed her emotionally. They went separate ways, and they just tucked it down deep. And now in the midst of the midterm elections and seeing this issue talked about so much, it's on social media, it's on TVs, it's just triggering a lot of things. And so to have eight weeks sitting with these guys and just reminding them of the good news, the gospel, that God is just as eager to forgive the sin of abortion mm. as he is any other sin. Yeah. And um, man, it was it was unbelievable. And at one point in the class, each of these guys they they wrote a letter to the children that they had aborted. And to see these grown men weeping as they talked about their past life and who they are now, it was unbelievable. One thing I
1: would like to add, medically speaking, beginning in the next month, we're gonna begin offering post-abortion exams. So let's say we seen a girl, and maybe she did choose abortion but to be able to say, why don't you come back and let's medically treat you? Because if they've gone out of state, they're not gonna go across state lines once again um, to be treated and cared for. So it's not that we're eager, but it's like we wanna minister to these girls who've even chosen abortion to show them the love of Jesus, that this isn't the sin that separates them forever from the Lord, but that they can find healing and be made whole because of a savior. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. You know, I um... This ministry went through a cataclysmic, um, disastrous event uh, a couple years ago during the snowstorms here in Dallas. What would, call, what would they call them? Snowmageddon and Snowvid, uh, remember Snowvid? Um, they walked into a disaster and I, I want them to share the story with you and the miracle. This, uh, the reason I want them to share the story is because of the, the miracle of what God has done showing that his hand
2: is upon this ministry is just incredible. Can you walk us through that? Yeah, we still marvel every day. When we drive onto our campus, uh, we look at what we now have, the Lord took what the enemy meant for evil and he flipped it and he turned it for good. Uh, at the end of Snowbird that week, Holly and I, we went up to the um, to Hope Women's Center, um, which for the history of the ministry, we have leased 4,000 square feet. And so at the end of the week, we, we stopped by just to pick something up, we opened the back door and just waters gushing out. Um, our, our fire suppression system had froze, had burst. It was spewing thousands of gallons of water per minute for over 48 hours before it was caught. And so we had two and a half feet of water, every ceiling down, 100% loss. And we, we kind of went separate ways walking down the clinic. I went and just sat in her office though. And one of the only things that survived was a painting that her sister had done and it was lopsided on the wall. It was Isaiah 43, 19, and it said, forget the past, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And I just, I had immediate peace. And I'm listening to her weeping as she's going from room to room. And so she comes in her office and I just point at that painting. And we both sit in silence, just meditating on the word of the Lord. Again, there's so much to this story. Um, that night, Focus on the Family called us and said that they heard what happened to us. They got us a mobile clinic that allowed us to, to be operational immediately. So last year, we had a mobile clinic downtown McKinney. We still saw 600 girls one at a time off that mobile clinic but we needed a forever campus Yeah. what's next yeah. amen it's awesome again long story short a couple in the community that we had never met sent us an email and said hey we want to take you to dinner so we go to dinner with this couple and they write a very generous check to hope to kick off this building project and as they're passing the check to us they said and the Lord has told us to tell you Isaiah 43 19 behold I'm doing a new thing <laughs> and so <clears throat> it's awesome they were crying when they handed the check, then we were crying, and we began to just talk about that, but the Lord did a miracle, and so again, we lost 4,000 square feet that we were leasing, we now own 9,000 square feet, two buildings, again, all the medical expansion, we have full adoption on site, we have a full counseling center, licensed professional, Christian counselors on site, the Baby Boutique We still have the mobile clinic that we're starting to serve other parts of the Metroplex as well as jails, getting into jails and serving pregnant inmates. Um, The Lord has done so much. And so we just moved in in March. This whole project was about $3.4 million, which was overwhelming for us as a small nonprofit. Again, we just moved in in March and the Lord's already knocked out over 2 million of that. We praise God. That's incredible.
0: That's awesome. I want, um, I, I want to share just a little bit of the story because this, what they do in the success rate of their ministry, I don't know that there's another ministry in the nation that has the type of success rate that you have. Um, before, uh, and for the last 10 years that we've been a part of this, I think you had saved, you'd seen an average of six to eight, nine hundred girls a year um, and had saved an average of probably. Three to 400 babies a year pre the disaster um, and then during the disaster with the middle of it, having only a mobile clinic seeing 1% of the time you still saw 600 uh, something girls one at a time but then you got live they launched the, the, the adoption what was the pre, pre the adoption statistic used to be how many adoptions a year would you help?
1: we would maybe have one <laughs> one adoption each year, but now this past year we've had eight to ten since July. Yeah, so I mean the Lord is just done. So, miracle so after miracle. When you
0: walk in and you sit on the lobby, there's these beautiful magazines and you pick, a girl would pick up a magazine and it, it's literally this gorgeous magazine. Looks like it could be right out of a photo. I mean, they're beautiful and it's, an, it's a family, a Christian family ready to adopt on the spot and they're flipping through this, I mean, first class magazine, meeting the family, seeing the house they live in, seeing where their kid's going to go on vacation and all of these different things. And it begins to just create an opportunity that what, maybe this, maybe my baby could have a life that's better. Um, but when they go in the exam room and it's, it's I mean, those machines that were ruined were the $150,000 machines. They're a
2: hundred thousand dollars. They're the latest, greatest 3D 4K technology. We have three of them that were all provided during this. And we, we throw that up on a 70 inch TV. So the image that they're seeing is unbelievable.
0: Yes. So I mean, the first time they see their baby, they're five, I, mean, I saw it, I'm sitting there, and you're five foot away from a 70-inch screen. You see the profile, the, every, your entire baby's face. It's, yeah. it's, amazing. it's amazing. And with this, can you tell us about your, your success rate? You, you see an average of, so far, up to 900 girls a year. What's your success rate of
2: helping girls to see their options and choose life instead of death? Right. Well, so we just we just rolled out our new patient schedule for twenty twenty three and we have forty one hundred appointments available. Our capacity has grown that much, and so our success rate.
1: So altogether we, we for this past year we sat at about a ninety percent chose life rate um, with our patients all together. On average, 64 to 70% of girls who walk through our doors are either abortion-vulnerable or abortion-minded, but we do praise the Lord that he He is... Um moving upon hearts. They're choosing life for their child. And we do have a good number of those who are surrendering their hearts to Jesus as well, which we know is the most transformative, uh, life-affirming thing that can happen there.
0: Yeah. You, you know, this um, this ministry really is incredible. I, I believe in, in this. So I was there a couple weeks ago and I'm walking through taking the tour and all of a sudden Holly asked me to pray over their entire staff. And y'all know Pastor Joel can't hold it together. One second. I, I'm literally, I'm bawling my eyes out, crying. My mascara's running every I'm just joking. I, I, I'm just joking. But, but I literally, I'm just bawling my eyes out praying because these people literally are every day of their life are, are putting their life on the line. Um, the, 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 the world wants to villainize you. Um, the world wants, I mean, I've heard stuff this year that, that, that people that are presenting the options of life are the actual real villains. And besides the, heart, the heartbeat that they hear on the sonogram, that's a fabricated man-made sound. That's yeah. not actually a heartbeat. Right. You hear that one yeah. uh, most recently? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, just unbelievable yeah. lies and, and villainization of people that are trying to do it. Can you, can you speak yeah. to some of
2: that? When, when Roe was overturned, we had so many threats. We had to hire police coverage 24-7. Over our buildings, over our patients, so they could walk in the doors safely and over our Mm -hmm. team. And so uh, $1,500 a day to have McKinney PD, who is amazing, um, at our buildings, 24 hours a day. uh, For three full weeks, we did that until we felt like emotions had calmed down a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we tell our team every day, the reality is that these young girls and guys who are coming to our property, they are coming on what they think is potentially one of the worst days of their life. Nobody dreams about sitting in a crisis pregnancy center. And so they're, they're there. They think it's one of the worst days of their life. Culture's telling them that abortion is the right choice for them. It's easy. Um, they'll be broke if they have a child. They won't, you know, f- fulfill their life's dreams and goals. And yet we know by the sovereign, providential hand of God, they've been brought to Hope Women's Center. And so we tell our team every day, we begin just in a posture of dependence and prayer surrendering that day to the Lord, um, just realizing we have an incredible opportunity to, to speak calm into their situation, to speak life, and to speak hope. And so it's, it's the honor of our life, honestly. There's, there's one thing, we tell our team all the time, there's one thing that lasts forever, and it's people. Mm. And that's why we should invest everything we have. One thing is eternal, and it's people.
0: That's really good. Um, talk to us about some stories,
1: Um, Just recently we had, uh, we were seeing kind of a trend of seeing some very uh, alarming positive STD um, results coming through, things that you don't typically see here in our area whatsoever. Even doctors that we talked to here locally said they'd never seen it until uh, November at our clinic. And so as we were serving more girls and more of these positive tests were coming through, there was two young women who literally walked from the east side of town over to our clinic um, we knew that something was off. Uh, they didn't have a personal cell phone. We were concerned that they may have been trafficked. But as they sat there and began to share their stories, they confessed to us that they were both prostitutes. And, and so basically, as we cared for them, began to um, meet their needs. And as the results are coming back, we're realizing... This, this is where that's coming from. It's the prostitute group here in McKinney. And so we're talking to, in fact, our nurse said to them, so you say you're prostitutes, how's that working out for you? And the girl said, it's not, it's not. And they said, we wanna change and we need help getting out. And so- it was really beautiful. This is right before Christmas, and so on Christmas Eve, a group of our team members uh, collected all kinds of brand new um, clothing items and went to Costco and loaded up on food. Took it over to their hotel where five of them were living together, and we just blessed them. And those girls came up, hugged us, and just was like, "Thank you, thank you so much. You've you've made you've made us feel loved and cared for." And that's why we keep coming to you. So we didn't know that's who we were serving, but we praise God that we were, right. that he brought
2: them to us. Yep. Yeah. I was sitting with uh, an 18 year old boy just a couple weeks ago and his girlfriend was back having her appointment and uh, he was very casual about abortion. And he just kept saying, I'm just not ready to be a dad. And I said, I, I understand that. But the reality is if your girlfriend's pregnant, you already are a dad. So now the question is, what kind of dad are you going to be? And he was very casual and just kept saying that he felt like up to eight weeks, it was no big deal. That was kind of the cutoff point for him, eight weeks. And so I said, what's what's informing you about that eight weeks? Where are you getting that? And he said, I'm not educated on this. It's just what I believe. And I said, okay, let me share with you just some science and some facts that by 15 to 17 days, there's a beating heart. That and that's not even three weeks. By, by eight weeks, all organs are present. The, they're fully functioning. The brain's fully functioning. That child is sucking its thumb. It's getting the hiccups. Um, it's recoiling from pricking, meaning that it feels pain, and so his eyes were getting huge, and they came and knocked on the door, and they wanted him to go in. It was time for her to have her ultrasound, and so he went in, and again, he, he then saw his child. 3D, 4K technology on a 70-inch TV. After that appointment, the team came and got me because he was sitting in the lobby weeping, just sobbing after what he had just seen. And they made the choice for life to keep that that baby. That's incredible.
0: i don 't want don 't want to miss the uh, the potential of you recognizing how much of a difference and how much of an impact this ministry is is poised to make that now this year because of god 's blessing and benefit and the expansion uh, instead of you know eight nine hundred girls that they can see now they can see over four thousand and if their success rate and, and their system and what they 're doing stays true, that means that you have the potential of saving three thousand plus babies from abortion just in this next calendar year, which is Absolutely incredible. Um, Talk to us about what the church can do to help.
2: The church needs to engage. Again, the church has been silent, silently accepting a culture of death. And so the culture culture needs to, or the church needs to engage. They need to activate. Bonhoeffer says to not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. And so we must get in this fight. And again, we want to do that. The Bible tells us to, to speak the truth in love, not shout. Hmm. A lot of people in, in the church world, have, they've shouted, and, and that's brought a lot of shame and condemnation to those who have had an abortion. So the Bible tells us to speak the truth in love, and so we, we, must, we must do that. We must love our preborn born neighbors. Um, there's many ways to, to volunteer. We're always looking for men who would come and join us. We have, uh, anytime a girl makes an appointment, we do our very best to get her to bring the male influencer in. Um, our average patient is 15 to 24 years old, sometimes as young as 11 or 12, sometimes up in their 40s. But on average, 15 to 24. And so we, we try to get her to bring the male influencer. So whether that's her boyfriend or that's her dad, uh, myself and some other guys, we, um, we sit down and we have spirit-led conversations with these guys. We listen to them. We don't come in with a script. We want to hear um, what they're thinking, why they're processing abortion And we want to speak calm. We want to speak life. We want to speak hope. And um, not too long ago, I was sitting with a boyfriend, and uh, we were having this conversation, and I really felt in my spirit that God was ordaining salvation. And so I'm having this conversation, and so I, I just asked him, I said, hey, if you were to die tonight, where would you go and why? And he really stopped and thought about it. He looked at the ground for about 30 seconds, and he looked up and he said, I don't know. And I said, well, let me ask you another question. Do you believe that the Bible is true? He said, yeah, I do. I said, well, the Bible tells us that we can know where we're going and why. And so I began to just tell the story of the Bible, the good news, the story of Jesus. And he told me he'd grown up Catholic. And so as we're talking, I kept hearing uh, a works-based theology. And so I then talked about Ephesians 2 that says we're dead in our sins. And so I said, think about it this way. Um, I said, think about if you were swimming in a pool and you had drowned and you were lifeless at the bottom of the pool. What Catholicism or what maybe another religion might say is that God in his attempt to save you would throw some type of life preserver in the water. And if you can just muster up enough strength, if you can get to the top of the water, if you can grab a hold of that life preserver and you can hold on to that, at the end of the time, if you're still holding on, you've made it. But that's not the good news. The good news is that Jesus dives into the water and he, he breathes life into He's your so lungs. Good. And he makes you alive. And as soon as I said that, this guy said, let me tell you a dream I just had. He said, I was swimming in a pool and I was drowning. And he said, and Jesus appeared and stuck his hand in the water. And I was looking up and he said, and then I woke up. And he said, and the next day I went to work and he said, I have one Christian friend And I told him that dream, and I said, What does this mean? And he said, My his Christian friend said, I guess it means just keep holding on. And I said, What do you think it means now? And this is what he said. He said, I guess a dead person can't hold on. Mm. And his eyes had opened to the gospel. That the gospel is not about making bad people good, making dead people alive. And he surrendered to the lordship of Christ. We have an amazing opportunity every day to to sit with these young girls and guys. Yeah. You know, I I don't think
0: um, it's so easy in our current age to put a name and a face to our enemy. Um, The the news does that for us all the time. This person that thinks different than you is your enemy. This person that looks different than you is your enemy. And and they seek to divide us. Uh, And... What we need to understand, a mentor of mine said this years ago, if you can see them, they're not your enemy. our enemy is spiritual and this whole thing is a spiritual battle this whole thing is good versus evil this whole thing is life versus death and it's a very sick and evil and insidious um, movement most people don't realize that the entire uh, Planned Parenthood movement was launched out of a white supremacist um, mindset of eugenics to control populations all of their clinics were put in black and hispanic neighborhoods with the number one impetus of controlling the population and Brainwashing different populations to choose death over life, bringing a curse upon them. It's a very disgusting and insidious history of this abortion movement here in America. And the other thing too is is we're taught to um, we're taught that it's well, you know, what about the those that are raped and abor- and, and and incest and women that are um, that are you know at risk or whatever? And the reality is you could do a quick Google, you could you could do a quick Google search and find out that it's about 1% of all abortions abortions are connected to rape incest or the uh, endangerment of the mother you're talking about a million a year abortions and only 1% that's 10,000 only 10,000 of them are connected you're talking about nine 190,000 abortions that are chosen for convenience or out of fear or out of hopelessness um, every single year. And so this is such an incredible ministry, Hope Women's Center, creating an opportunity for hope. And I'm just believing, and I hope you'll believe with me, that that what they're doing and the way they're doing it will spread uh, across the nation and have incredible influence uh, from right here in McKinney, Texas.
2: And I I just want to say to you and to this church, Thank you for having this conversation because the Barna Group says, the Barna Group studies culture in the church. The Barna Group says that only 10% of churches in America will talk about the sanctity of human life, 10%. And so it's no wonder that there's so much confusion, there's so much pain, there, there are those who just they are afraid to speak up sitting in the church, and so thank you. You guys have been so bold from day one, the history of this church, day one, this church has been bold, and faithful in their fight for life in this community. And so we thank you and this church. Thank you, appreciate that. Um,
0: one, more, one more question, and I wanna, be, I wanna be sensitive. And you mentioned earlier that the statistics are potentially one in three people um, in any audience have been affected by abortion. What would you say to someone in the room today or watching uh, with our hundreds of people that watch online, what would you say to, uh, to those people?
1: This isn't just a woman's issue, it's also a guy issue, And but the Lord wants to speak truth over you today. If you're sitting here in shame and regret, our God is a restorer and a redeemer of all things. He can make things new, despite our failures, despite our mistakes, but earlier, earlier this week, I was having a really interesting dream where it was for the second time in my entire life, I felt like I could actually hear the voice of God. And you know, when you hear something and it feels like it's the voice of the Lord, you're gonna listen, right? And I just heard the Lord say, Holly, in my name is full authority. Full authority in my name is authority over demonic oppression. In my name is authority over sickness and disease. In my name is full authority over sin and shame. And he said, Holly, use my name. Use my name. And so I want to declare over you this morning, in the name of Jesus, be set free. In the name of Jesus, he says, because of, because of his sacrifice, you are No longer, no longer do you need to live with that shame, but you can be set free.
0: Yeah. Uh, Holly's got a song she's going to sing for us today.
3: nothing too dirty, that you can't be worthy. You wash me in mercy, I am clean. There's nothing too dirty. I you.
0: Thank you. And thank you for those that are with us online that have stayed with us uh, through to the end. Um, For you that are local, uh, Holly and Aaron will be in the lobby if you'd like to meet them. Um, If it really something touched you or maybe you'd like to connect with them uh, on some level, they'll be in the lobby that you can do that Um, in just a a minute or two. worship the lord with our offering our normal tithes and offerings that we give to different things um but if you would like to sow a seed toward this today uh when you select where you want your gift to go just just click missions and we'll um we'll make sure that those funds uh, today get directed that way and just so you know on a regular basis this is um this is what we do We partner with great ministries, and here's what's incredible. Um, I didn't know that there was a whole cell or group of local prostitutes right here in McKinney, and I certainly didn't know that they wanted out. And what Holly doesn't know is that one of my close friends of over 20 years runs a restoration and, and rescue ministry, and we can get them out. We can get them out this week. Um, so that's the power of this the ministries that we partner with uh that we can help people uh that's what we that's what we do as as christians as believers we're not here to point long bony judgmental fingers it's not the judgment of jesus that gets people saved the bible says it's the goodness of god that draws people to repentance and and that 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 conviction with compassion, that truth with love is so important for us as believers to make sure that everything we do and say is just covered in love because we have no idea how the Lord may be working. Amen. I want to do something before I turn it over to Pastor Adam to uh, lead us into offering and clothes and and declarations and all that kind of stuff. I want to give you the opportunity, it's possible that somebody here in the room or online, you had a real encounter with God today. And, and you needed the blood of Jesus to wash away your sins. You, you needed uh, to submit and to give your life to Jesus. And I just want to pray a simple prayer to kind of seal that moment. Uh, and if you would just all across the room, you can pray this and with us online, wherever you are, you can pray this with us. Just say this, say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I can't do it on my own. I've made lots of mistakes. Today, I ask you to forgive me and make me clean. I receive you, Jesus, your sacrifice and your victory, and I give my life to you. In Jesus' name,
2: I am saved. Amen. We pray this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks for listening and have a great week.